Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. But most, huh? Yes? yes no. Okay. You can hear me now? Yes. I'm not repeating what I said. Anyway. Uh, so, by the way, with the fasting, uh, I'm going to do what Helen instructed me to do. I'm going to fast uh, social media. So you will not find me on TikTok or Twitter or any of those platforms. I'm going to fast. Yeah, I'm going fast, not just this week. Maybe I'll do more. Uh, by the way, that's why I don't respond to emails, if you're wondering. I'm just fasting, you know. <laughs> well, for someone from Egypt, it is social media, anyway. Uh, so we are at the end of uh, our series of authentic relationships. These, this is one of our three core values wholehearted worship and spirit-filled and spirit-led living and uh, authentic relationships. And I'm sure you would have discovered, at least by now, that uh, you cannot have without one without the other. You cannot really be spirit-led and you don't have authentic relationships. And uh, you cannot really be in wholehearted worship and you don't love your brother. And you're not, you cannot really live in that worship without the Holy Spirit, you see? So here's the thing. This is the last sermon, and I hope it would make sense. We're going to talk about Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark, three men, and what happened in their lives. Who knows the story, just before we read? Yeah, you know the story? Okay, and as we're reading, make up your mind who is wrong and who is right. I'm sure you do have someone who is, you know, you're thinking, you know, Paul or Barnabas. You know, you have, when we read those stories, we have someone, we're thinking, oh, Paul was too harsh. Barnabas was, you know, acting because of nepotism, you know, because of his family connection. You have an idea. I think you do, but you don't want to confess that. Let's read together. Would you stand with me and read the word of the Lord? Okay? So, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. That's Paul, by the way. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that there really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about in, in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. The following one. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus, 
to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. At Antioch. <laughs> Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wants to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement, they company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commanded by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the church. Amen. Be seated. You have your uh, favorite, or you have the person that you think was right, and the other person who you think was wrong. Most of us here would think like that. If you do, congratulations, like me, you've read wrongly the Bible. You see, when we're reading the Bible, we need to focus on what the Bible is saying. And what the Bible is not saying sometimes directs us towards what he, what the Bible is saying, what the word of the Lord is pointing at. And what the word of the Lord is pointing at is not who is right and who is wrong. Maybe both of them were wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that later on. Uh, uh, but maybe, maybe actually what the text and the Holy Spirit is inspiring the writer of the text, Dr. Luke, to actually get us to focus on, it doesn't matter who is wrong, what really matters. How do you journey what's in your heart with the Lord? Whether you feel you were wronged or you were in the wrong, the real issue is how you're journeying with God in that. I would say most probably Paul is thinking, really? You're leaving me for, for this guy? John Mark? Like, what did he do? I didn't hear him preaching the gospel. I didn't see him making miracles. You forget our relationship all that time? You're leaving me for this guy? He's no good. And maybe not, I don't know. But if that went to his mind, he's feeling betrayed, left behind. Yeah? I want my encourager. I want the guy who stood by me. I mean, it's really good company. Barnabas might feel, and you're not listening to me now? Ah, you grew quite a lot. Now you're the leader, yeah? So when I ask you, even for my own nephew, you don't listen, yeah? Wow, amazing. 
after all what I've done with you. I am the one who gave you credibility with the apostles. You would have been with no church if it wasn't for me. I as well went and got you from Tarsus and gave you ministry. And this is how, this is how you repay me. We're reading a lot into the Bible. Don't do that. That's bad. Okay? Unless you reach that, you know, it might be this, it might be that, I don't know. What do I know? I know what the scripture is focusing on. And the scripture is showing us how they moved on. How they talked about each other. Which shows their heart towards each other. And the scripture shows us what happened in John Mark. This is what you need to focus on. Let me tell you this. No matter what happened in your life, you know, loads of hardships happen in life. You lose people, you get betrayed, you get left out, you get stood up. If you've been just recently through a bad relationship, you're not alone. The issue is not going through a bad situation. The issue is, are you going through it alone? If you go through that with Jesus, you will be fine. I know it feels terrible now, but you will be fine. You will grow up, you will be stronger, and you will get better. You see, Paul, Barnabas, and ultimately John Mark leaned on Jesus. And this is what matters. Not who is wrong and who is right. You know, people would throw things on you, would say stuff about you. Well, it really depends. Are you still carrying an offense? That's taking you down, it's not taking them down. If you're carrying an offense, that weight is on you. You know, when God is asking us to forgive, that's not for the other person. Like when God is asking me to forgive David, and trust me, he does ask me to forgive David <laughs> a lot. Come on, okay? When he asks me to forgive David, it's not because David deserves that. It's not a favor for David because God is biased towards David, and he is biased towards David as well, okay? It's not. But it's because... As I'm not forgiving, it's like I'm holding a double-edged sword, but not from the handle, from the blade. And it's a really sharp sword, really sharp sword. And the more I hold on it, the more I am bleeding, the more I am being damaged because my skin, my arteries, my tendons, my nerves are getting cut. The more I am not functioning properly from the spirit because I am holding on his sin or his mistake according to me. 
the more as well I'm not experiencing grace. Because you cannot really receive grace if you don't believe in it. And if you believe in it, you are giving it. If you're not giving it, you're not receiving it. Do you understand this? So we just prayed the Lord's Prayer. Helen led us in that. Forgive us as we forgive. That's not, by the way, God saying, well, when you forgive, I'll forgive you. No, no, no. That, that means that you have to be in that, that atmosphere. I believe in grace. If I don't believe in God's mercy and his grace, then it's not happening to me as well. You see, Paul mentioned Barnabas in other times, and he never, he never talked badly about him. On the contrary, he was talking to the Corinthians way after that, you know, disagreement. And he is saying, Barnabas is actually holding himself even to a higher standard. He is not getting married, and that's be not because he cannot. No, that's because he's pouring himself into living for God. That's years after that short disagreement. What do you think? He's thinking, oh, if it was me, it would have been the opportunity. <laughs> Nailing him, yeah? Just saying, you know, well, Barnabas, yeah, well, he is doing that, but if you know why. That's holding, holding on, on an offense. And then be, that affects your behavior. Another thing you'd see, Paul and as well Barnabas, you know, they kept focused on what, is, what matters. For Barnabas, it does matter to, to encourage someone, and to give them another chance, and to take them further. So he took John Mark. And I think he thought well. He thought, you know what? I'll... Uh, Cyprus is easier to start with. Let's start with Cyprus. And as well, at the end of Cyprus, he would have to face, confront his failure. Because from Cyprus, he went home. So I'll take him to Cyprus first. It would be easier. I won't, I'm not going to go through Asia Minor, and, and this is really hard. I mean, Paul was about to lose his life. He was stoned to death, and uh, you know... Let, let me go through that. And Paul thought, you know, I'm not going to compete with Barnabas. He's starting from this place, and he let him go first. Okay, I'll go through the other side. How would it be if, you know, I'm, I'm taking Silas and I'm going through the same place? Hmm. Have they preached well? Look at me now, I'm going to preach better. Yeah. What are you focused on? You see, what you're focused on will shape you. If you're focused on the hurt, it will shape you. If you're focused on proving yourself right, it will shape you. And it will affect your behavior. Let me change it a bit. Not what you're focused on. Who are you focused on? Are you focused on the person who hurt you? Are you focused on Jesus? 
here is, here is the simplest thing. Relationships get to be authentic relationships. If you dare to be honest with yourself before the Lord. Let me repeat that. Relationships will be, will become authentic relationships if you dare to be honest with yourself before the Lord. See, if you're honest with who you are, what you're going through, and you're listening to him, allowing him to work on you, you will change. The true transformation in this story is John Mark. I'll come to him in a, in a minute. But you will change. You will change. See, he's so kind. He's so kind. And he waits. He's patient. But as well, he loves you so much. Not to leave you as you are. See, I have three boys. I love them to bits. I will not let them be stupid. <laughs> because they would hurt themselves. I wouldn't let them without manners. It's not good for them. But most of all, I wouldn't let them without knowing God's love. Because they will be dead. They will perish. If I am like that, how committed is he towards us? How caring would he be? That I wouldn't stay the same. That I wouldn't keep cutting my own hand. Because I'm holding on this stupid thing. Against my brother. He wants to change me. To be in his likeness. Which means I would be. Loving. Loving you. Like Jesus loved me. Yeah. That I would be loving the father. Like Jesus loves the Father. Authentic relationships will happen and be so fruitful and fulfilling and you would live a meaningful life. If you dare to be honest with yourself, to be genuine, to be authentic before the Lord and you would allow him to be Lord and you would realize that you're not. God is God, and you are not. That's a good word there, okay? If you have a piece of paper, get it out, get a pen. If you don't have a pen, try anything, you know. Write it down. God is God, and you're not. If you're honest about that, if you're living that, you'll be fine. Your relationships will be fine. You will do things. You will help people. You will serve people. You will develop people beyond your dreams. If you're, if you're truthful in that. Let me show you something. You see, we are all different in character. Okay? 
Paul was a zealot even before he came to know Jesus. This is why he is saying, I was persecuting the church, yeah? So guess what? He came to know Jesus. Do you think he's not zealous anymore? No, he's a firecracker. He is zealous. Okay? And when he sees something that doesn't get along with the truth of the Bible, he opposes it. So you read his letter, for example, to the Galatians, and he's saying, oh, by the way, I've done that even back at Antioch. Peter kind of was uh, playing a game, and I thought, nope, because that's affecting other people. Barnabas was an upright man, a good man, full of faith. Even Luke, who is a companion of Paul, so you might think that he would be biased towards Paul, is writing that about him. And he's saying, you know what? This guy sold his land, or what he had. He came and put it at the feet of the, the apostles. That's his status, because status wasn't just about money you have. No, no, it's about assets that you have. And that's selling, that's, that's losing. He didn't sell his land in order to invest in a business. Okay? He... He just, phew, gone. Say goodbye. Good man. He went and told Paul, look at how humble he is, and wise, and discerning. He went to Antioch, things are going well, Jesus is being glorified there, and he thought, okay, you know what? I'm a good preacher, I'm an encourager. They need a, a good teacher. He didn't think, oh, but I'm a Levite, because he was a Levite, okay? And um, um, I have Hellenistic upbringing as well. I mean, I was brought up in Cyprus. You know what? They need Paul. And he went to fetch him from Tarsus, brought him back. If you're true to who you are and to your calling, you would leave, live a meaningful life, a fruitful calling in the kingdom. If you're trying to make yourself who you're not, okay, because it looks better. Being on the stage looks better. Being a leader feels better. You know? You know what? I really like Barnabas. Barnabas, we don't have in the Bible a book, you know, that has his name. But without Barnabas, we wouldn't have had Paul's letters. Quite a big chunk of the New Testament. We wouldn't have had the first gospel ever. Mark. That's John Mark who wrote it. That's the guy who failed. That's the guy who left them and betrayed them. The first gospel. If you're true to God, if you're true to what he is doing in your life, you will live a meaningful, fruitful life. The secret 
to a really meaningful, fruitful life is be true with God and let him be God. By the way, if you are true with God, you would realize that you're not God. John Mark is the real transformation here. And you know what? Here's the thing. I would just want to say each and every one of us would be like John Mark, okay? You need a Barnabas in your life. But you need as well someone who is saying it as it is like Paul. You need both. You see, Barnabas took John Mark, and, and the story, it's an extra-biblical story, so you don't have to go with it, is that that as well didn't work. And at certain time, he lost his faith. And then someone like Paul picked him up, Peter. Peter wasn't always kind. But as well, he loved what Paul did. Because at a certain time, he went back to Paul. And Paul loved what God has done in him. And he said, oh, this guy, bring me this guy. He's going to be good to me. Even for ministry, he's going to be good to me. This is the guy who stayed with Paul during his prison time. This is why you find Paul saying in his, uh, in, at the end of his letter, for example, in uh, his letter to the, the Colossians and uh, his letter to Philemon, He's mentioning Mark, he's there. These are letters that he wrote from prison. And he is commending him. He's saying, if, he, if John Mark comes to you, receive him and receive him well. Are you focused on what God wants to do? Or are you focused on how you feel or what you want to do? This is how, that's a sure recipe to ruin relationships. If you're focused on what God wants to do in someone else's life and what he's doing in your life, that's a sure recipe to living meaningful relationships and fruitful ones. John Mark didn't run away from the confrontation about what he's struggling with. He allowed God to deal with him. And this is why he became who who he is or who he was that we heard about. You know that John Mark? That John Mark was pioneering the work in North Africa. So when you hear about people like St. Augustine, you heard about St. Augustine, Tertullian, Jerome of Alexandria, that's because of John Mark. The Church of Alexandria historically stood against heresy in Christianity. The Bishop of Alexandria is John Mark. The one who left in the easy place, like Cyprus, died as a martyr in Alexandria. You know, your past doesn't have to determine your future. God is sovereign. God can change you. Your situation is not your limitation. If you're with Jesus, your breakthrough is sure. Your freedom, your deliverance, your change, your salvation is absolutely sure.
even joining back people that you parted from earlier, having a good relationship is as well there on the table. I think God has a few questions. I would put just three for us. I wonder what drives you. Are you driven by your ambition? Or are you driven by his adoration? If you're driven by your ambition, that will ruin you. It will ruin your relationships. Because what you're after is selfish, it's yours. You might think it's God's. If you're driven by how you're adoring him in your personal time with him and in your relationship and how he sees others and how he's shaping you towards other people and even towards what he's doing, oh, that's a totally different thing. What are you living for? Are you living for your legacy? Or are you living for his lordship? What are you after? Whether at work or relationships or in the church or are you after prominence? How high can you get? How significant and important we're going to see you? How famous you're going to be? Your achievements, your legacy. Is that what you're after? Or are you after his pleasure? You know, I was mentioning that Barnabas didn't write anything. And, and the people he helped wrote. But you see, that's because of Barnabas. But you know what? When Mark wrote, when Paul wrote, they didn't write so that they would be authors or bestsellers. Do you have that heart? And yet, because they weren't after their prominence, guess what is the book that is the bestseller of all times, till now, every year, and every coming year as well? It's the one that they wrote in. When they were writing, they didn't think about that. Are you after your prominence? Or are you after his pleasure? Is what drives you, drives you, is your ambition. Is that what drives you? Or are you consumed and driven and the fire that is in your bones is your adoration to him, his adoration? Are you living for your legacy or for his lordship? Would you close your eyes and just give yourself a moment? I would say all of us need to ask the Holy Spirit to take us on a journey. 
not to do life and relationships on our own. And to actually invite him, would you be Lord in every aspect of my life, in my relationships? Would you help me, Holy Spirit, to be really truthful, honest, authentic with you so that you would change my heart. You would shape me. You would show me how to forgive. You would fill me with grace. You would fill me with your love. You would make that my drive in life is your love, is to love you and is to glorify you and, and to be pleasing to you and to see a smile on your face, to see people being developed like Paul, like Mark. And it doesn't matter that I don't have a book or a letter after my name. Doesn't matter that I didn't have the prominence that, that Paul had. What I care for is what you want me to live for, what you called me to live for. Ask the Holy Spirit. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to live honestly with you. To love you like Jesus. In all submission and total, total surrender. For you deserve all glory, all the glory. To love your family, to love your children as you love them and to be to be your instrument in shaping them, in blessing them. You know, with this coming song, sometimes we go through life with God emotionally. It says when the music fades. It would be great actually. Say when, when everything that tickles your emotions is out of the picture, what are you really choosing to live with God? When everything that is uh, even, you know, kind of enjoyable and helps and lubricates your relationship with others, when that is out of the way, how would you love? How would you love your spouse? How would you love your brother and sister when they are unlovable? We need Jesus in this. Open your heart, open your hands and just seek him. Tell him, I really want to live what you have for me. I really want to be like Jesus.
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9am and 11am in person and online.